about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. Pretty good crowd here this morning, actually. Usually after you do the Holy Ghost thing, you lose about 10 or 11, 12 people. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I've been in this for a while. Yeah, some people uh, who have not experienced the presence of God cry out for it, and then when he shows up, you know, it's not exactly what they expected. Right. And if it's not what they expect, then they get a little bit nervous about it and everything else. And then they go talk to a bunch of deadhead Christians. Oh, did I say that? who basically try to instruct them on the move of the Holy Ghost and what's going on, and they haven't seen the Holy Ghost in 42 years, so praise God. The Spirit of God, you know, the song, last song we sang is really a revival. It is revival. I mean, that's what it is. It's in a moment you can be changed. I mean, it doesn't take long. You open your heart for the Spirit of God, and I'll tell you what, and you say, have your way, then you've got to let him have your way, praise God. And that's just the way it goes. But you don't want to have your way just one day. You know, we heard a prophetic this morning that we need, he needs to have your way seven days a week, 24 hours a day, especially for the time that we're living in right now, because we are living in such a time, praise God, hallelujah, and everything is uh, really good right now, glory to God. All right, take your Bibles this morning, go to Psalm 92, All right, Psalm 92, look at verse 9. It says, For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. My eye also shall see my desires upon my enemies, and my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, and he shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Look at verse 10. It says, I shall be anointed with what? With what? With what? Not just oil, with what? There's a big difference between oil and fresh oil. You know, when, when all the kids moved out and everything, and we didn't use the French fryer very much, and about 10 years later, we were cleaning out the cupboards and remembered we had a French fryer. We went up there and pulled it down, decided to make French fries. How many know that oil wasn't very good? You know, when we looked at it, all the crumbs floating around in it, yeah, it was thick and stunk and everything else. You know, the Lord spoke to me, said, this looks like a lot of my people. Why is that? Because they've been trying to live on the same oil all the time from back in 1992, from yesterday, from the TV show they saw 42 years ago. Notice here David knew enough that he needed fresh oil every single day. In other words, he needed a time with God every day to tap into the presence of God, the Spirit of God, get a word from God, get fresh revelation. Yesterday's revelation isn't going to help you, but today's revelation will help you. And many times when you get a revelation, you don't need it till further down the road. How many of you figured that out? I mean, then once you say, oh my God, I had a revelation of healing two and a half years ago, and now I'm starting to get sick. I wish I had that revelation right now. But you thought you had it all figured out back then, and you put it down, and you didn't keep the fresh anointing on that thing alive in your life so that you could live that in your life. You know, a lot of people say, well, I wish I lived in the days of Jesus. I wish I lived back in those days. But you read the Bible, the prophets said they would give anything 
to live in the day that we're living in right now, praise God. So we're living in a good day right now. And recently I just got a brand new car. And how many of you know with that new car, I'm going to change the oil exactly when I'm supposed to change the oil. I'm not going to let go for four years and say, well, I guess I'll change the oil on the car because it's a brand new car. And so I need fresh oil in that car when it needs fresh oil. Now, it don't need it every day, but people do. I need fresh oil every single day of my life. I need to tap into the Holy Ghost every day. I don't know what's coming down the road tomorrow. I don't know what's coming down on Tuesday. So I need fresh oil right now. So in the new car, I'm going to get oil when oil's needed there. Another thing I don't do in my, my new car is I don't park in tight parking spaces. Now, why is that? Because you know there's some airhead out there who's driving my old car. who don't care, they'll just open their door and they'll whack you. Well, it's the same way in the spirit. You've got to be careful who you're parking life aside of. That you're hanging around with the same negative people. You're hanging around with the same people that don't know the Holy Ghost. You're hanging around with people who are draining you from the fresh oil. Then you're going to get fresh oil, and you wouldn't need so much fresh oil if you'd stay away from them, for God's sakes. And another thing we're not going to do in my new car, and everybody knows it, didn't have to say a word about it. You ain't going to eat in my car right now. I'm sorry. But we have Christians who will eat anything. Come on, you can't spend your whole life listening to the 6 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news, the 2 o'clock in the morning news, and expect to walk in revival because everything that comes to you is negative in those newscasts. There's nothing. It's all demonic. As a matter of fact, it has all to do with the devil. No matter what negative things going on, the devil's behind it, and then you're listening to that stuff all the day long, and what it does, it zaps you. Say, it zaps me. And I mean, I've been in pastoring now for quite some time, and I'll tell you what, in the last 20 years, I've ran into a lot of squeaky Christians. Worship too long, squeak. Pastor preach too long, squeak. Don't like this, don't like that. Why is that? Because they need some oil. When you have fresh oil, you'll quit squeaking about every little thing. You'll quit criticizing other people. You'll quit always being down and out because this fresh oil is available to us every single day. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad he made it available to us every single day? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's even times in the life of a pastor, believe it or not, where you've almost got to fight to get some fresh oil because there's so much stuff going on around you that you've got to do something. You feel like you're drowning. You feel like you're dry. How many of you ever felt dry? You feel like God moved out. He's now in Africa someplace, and you can't find him anywhere. Come on, you just don't know where he went. You're not getting any word. Nothing's happening. You're not getting any revelation, anything else. And it's basically, I found out, it's because I'm taking first out of the kingdom of God scripture. Whenever I seek God and his righteousness, it doesn't work. I've got to seek him first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when I do that, all things, including the oil that I need, are then added unto me. All right, go to Jeremiah chapter 2. All right, Jeremiah chapter 2, look at verse 11. It's a good question for today. Has a nation changed their gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be astonished, O you heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn themselves out histerns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. 
And once again, this is Old Testament, and it's talking about the children of Israel, but how many know I can apply that to my life because it's the Word of God? So here it's talking about that there's a battle in your life to keep drinking from the right well. In other words, there's many things in the natural realm out there that if you get carried off into, I mean, no worry carries you off. Fear carries you off. These things will carry you off into that well. At that time, you'll start losing some of the light that you have on the inside of you. It'll start to pull your flame out, and that's the time that you need fresh oil every single day. Sometimes my job started to get me back when I was working at the post office. Some days it started to wear me out on the third or fourth day. Finances would bother me at certain times. Family would bother me. Possessions would bother me. Sometimes you can start going after money or going after possessions and putting God someplace else. Sometimes you can go after new stuff. How many of you know even if you go after those new stuff and get that new stuff, you're satisfied for about 12 hours, and then a credit card bill comes in, and you wonder why you ever did it to begin with. But see, we're always looking for different things you think will satisfy us, and these are things that are different systems from the glory of God and the presence of God that he wants to have in our life. So God's saying here, why do you start searching for other gods? What are you looking for other gods for? Why do you do that? Why do you go several weeks without even trying to check into the oil to get some oil, and you're crapped up in the world, you've got everything going on in the natural realm, and what it does is depleting the oil and it's taking the fire out of your heart. Even Jesus warned us in the Gospel of John, he said, love not this world, Neither the things in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The lust of natural things will drain you. And how many have ever been there? Yeah. We all have been there a time and different times, haven't we? But the thing is, we all came back. But now we're in a season, say in a season, in a season. where it's a rainy day and you don't have to go back and forth, up and down, hot and cold, hallelujah, there's God, glory to God, what's going on, what's happening? When I first became a pastor and was all excited about starting a church and I started out, you know, it was really great for about the first three weeks. And then I started running into all kinds of people, people who didn't like the way I did things, people who thought I was supposed to be someplace, people who are supposed to do it this way, people who are supposed to do it that way. People came after me to try to take the building we were in. People came from all different things. And at that time, man, I felt like I was drowning I didn't know I was drowning in, but I was drowning in something in my life because all my worries and all my cares were starting to take over my relationship with God. So then I found out one time, you know, we, we talk about God doing things and letting me move like we sing that song, Lord, let your spirit move. Yes. How many know God's singing that? Amen. He's singing back, why don't you let my spirit move? But we're looking at it, Lord, why don't you let him move? And God's saying, why don't you let him move? So we go back and forth. Let him move, Lord. Let him move, you guys. Let him go. So the whole church is that way. We've been waiting for revival forever and ever. But you could have been walking in revival last year before the rains even started because God lives on the inside of you. He's a habitation of God through the Spirit. And basically, he's with you all the time. But sometimes our mind gets drawn away from that stuff. And so what does the Bible tell us? Hey, if you just draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Oh, God, draw near to me, draw near to me. God says, draw near to me, draw near to me. A lot of times we're arguing with God and don't even know it. See? Because we still think it's dependent on him, and it's not it's dependent on you. If you're not walking in revival and touch of God, it's not his problem, it's your problem. And what's keeping you from doing that? What's keeping you from desiring? What's keeping you from connecting with him in the mornings? What's keeping you from connecting in the afternoon? What's keeping you when you feel that little bump from the Holy Spirit of doing what he tells you to do? Why is it so hard to shut off that channel changer when you feel like praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, I'll wait till the commercial, Lord. See, you're still not putting him first. You're putting him someplace, which is good. But God, sometimes when you get 
connected to God, he will move on you at times and change the course of what you're doing at that time, but you have to be willing to change the course of what you're doing to go along with him. The whole thing about the Holy Ghost, he is a flow. Say a flow. flow. Now, if everybody wants to know how to flow in the Spirit. You cannot explain it. It's something that cannot be explained. You just get in it, and when you get in the river of God, you don't have to do anything because any river you get in, you just flow. The time you have trouble in the river of God is when you're swimming upstream. I'm just all confused and messed up today. Yeah, turn around. Go with the flow of the river, for God's sake. Just lay down and hold your breath. Get a rubber ducky or something. Hang on to the thing and go. But no, we want to turn around and go our own way. We want to get our own priorities. We want to do our own things. So then we're swimming up. Oh, it's hard to be a Christian. And everybody comes along and say, ain't it great to be a pastor because it's supposed to be so hard. Hey, as long as I stay in the river, there's nothing hard about it. Amen. If I start swimming upstream, it's tough, praise God. Hallelujah. And how many know there's a lot of things where I have an opportunity basically to get messed up and look for a different cistern? See, then what I've got. So I just learned young, I'm going to stay in the Holy Ghost. Uh, the world's falling apart. I'm going to stay in the Holy Ghost. Hurricane's coming. I'm just going to stay in the Holy Ghost. You don't mind. Church is falling apart. I'm just going to stay in the Holy Ghost. Ain't got enough money. I'm just going to stay in the Holy Ghost and stay right there. At least if I go down, I'm going down happy. Right? I mean, look, everybody wants to make fun of Ananias and Sapphira because they died in the presence and the power of God, but at least they died in church. Right? I'd rather die in church than die out there someplace if God's going to do something with the power of God. Come on now. So praise God, at least they were going to church at that time. Now, they may have been going out of religious tradition that we've all done at one time, and sometimes we pull back into that. It's Sunday. Got to go to church. Praise and worship. Ah, la, 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 la. And then I'm going to listen to him preach. Oh. And your mind's so worried and so fearful. I, you know, I can tell. I can't remember who I shared this. But I can tell when you're preaching the word who's somewhere else. And who's here? Because some people are so full of worry, so full of fear, you couldn't get anything into them. If you took a screwdriver and just jammed it down their throat, it's not going to work because they're so occupied with well, last week, what happened, what didn't happen. You've got to learn to let go of that junk once and for all, and you've got to seek God even when you don't feel like it, even when it don't look like it's not doing anything. Everything is a seed, and every time you plant the Word of God, you're getting something. It's just under the ground yet. Just keep watering that thing. Pretty soon it'll pop up underneath you. Pretty soon it'll go someplace. So our job is to be persistent in the things of God, continue to go after God. In this day and age we're living in now, you, you know, we would say, oh, this younger generation, oh, this is, well, this younger generation, middle generation, and the older generation. I've got a problem with all of them sometimes. I've got a problem with the church generation. See? Why is that? Well, my Lord Jesus, I got stopped one time. I'm going to go through with it this week. I wanted to do this last week, and I didn't. Notice, you, you call, every, everybody's on fire. Who's on fire for God? Who loves God? Who's going towards God? Hallelujah. You have a prayer meeting, you have four people show up. Right. You have a barbecue the next week, you got 60. Right. Now, why is that? What is the deal here? What is the problem? See, when I got born again and God touched my life and a fire God hit my life, I'll tell you what, I desired to go to church. We drove all the way down to Port Salerno to a church down there every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning. If they had church on Friday, we went on Friday. We, we wanted to go to church. We drove up to Benny Hinn's two and a half hours. We stayed overnight in a whole hotel. We dragged our kids along, probably mad at me to this day. And we went there and we got, tried to get early for an hour because you couldn't get in if you didn't get there early enough. And I wanted to get in. You see that in the revivals right now? Everybody looks at ain't that wonderful? Look what's going on. People are lined up outside. Everybody wants to get in. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise. Well, what if that happened here next week? 
How many of you are willing to put in 12 hours a day ushering people in and out and, and operating here and working here and being here and being in the presence of God? We can barely do two hours here. Come on, I'm being honest this morning. Am I talking truth this morning? I mean, when I was in the world, I didn't have a problem. I didn't even go out till 9 o'clock. And then I got in at 2. And I had a great time. Praise God. Feeling good. Everything wonderful. And here you come to church at 8, and about 8.15, you're going, oh, my gosh, is he still gone? Well, there's something wrong, at least in my heart. Maybe I'm just opinionated, but something's wrong in my heart when I see that. When God's the most important thing in my life, he, he, he's it. Without him, it's not going to be much fun. You can have a good life or you can have a bad life, but in order to have a good life, you've got to have somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost there. And there's distractions, aren't there? There's things that come up in your life in the natural that are going to try to wear you down. You know, you're married, and you're going to have to get along with that spouse. We've got kids, and we're going to have to instruct those kids. We're going to have to. But let me tell you what. The rain is falling, and the reason why you're not getting any is because you're putting an umbrella up for these things that come. And if you ever see umbrellas, some people got the great big ones. You go to the beach, they got the giant ones. And somebody's got these wee little ones they keep in their purse, and they just pop it up, and it's a wee little thing. It depends on the size of your umbrella how wet you get. And there's a lot of people who got umbrellas right now. There's bitterness in their heart. There's unforgiveness in their heart. They're going after the things of the natural. They ain't got time for God. And it's raining. It's not that it's not raining. It's raining. God told me it's rainy season. And I know it's raining right now. So if you're not getting wet, don't blame God. Take your umbrella down. Amen. Close that thing up. Praise God. It's a lot easier. I mean, you lay a rock out there in a sponge and let it pour and go out afterwards. I guarantee you the sponge is going to have quite a bit of wetness in it. The rock, it just hits and it rolls off. You've got to get rid of all the rocks. I want my heart de-rocked daily. I want it to take out. Every time you think you got the full revelation of how to be a real nice guy, you find out that you're not there yet and you got to change something else. Yep. You got somebody that you're just about to choke, shoot, stab, and then God's got the nerve to tell you to love them. What kind of God do we serve? What's the matter with him? And then he says something about they hung him on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. I wish that wasn't in the Bible. That really hurts. Have you been stabbed yet? No. Hung on a cross? No. Died? No. Then you got to forgive them. Because uh. we don't feel like doing that, do we? We, we don't want to do that, but that's, that's it. We've got to love them anyway. We've got to do this. Why is that? Because you're not going to be able to soak up any of the oil of God, the anointing of God, the joy. The church lacks joy, I'm telling you right now. And back 30 years ago when the joy started hitting the church, it was the most condemned thing in the whole world. You know why? Because Christians don't laugh. You can cry, you can weep, but my God, that laughter's got to be of the devil. <laughs> Why is it? It was something new, wasn't it? It was a move of the Spirit of God. God was moving on people's hearts. He was changing people's hearts. They got the joy of the Lord. They got hit with the power of God. And the ones that weren't getting hit build up walls. I can feel it's going off script. See? The power of God. There's no, what's wrong with, it says rejoice in the Lord. So what's wrong with me joining in the Lord? And I'll tell you, if you get hit with Holy Ghost joy, it's not like a ha-ha-ha. That's a good joke. Ha-ha-ha-ha. That's a good one. No, it comes from here. And I mean it comes deep down in. And I mean it comes out and your head's saying, what are you laughing at? And your, your, your spirit's saying, I don't care. It's just a good day, praise God. And the joy of the Lord's coming out of the inside and it's flowing on the inside. And sometimes you can't even stop it. It just goes, so you're just happy. And joy and laughing and laughing. And let me tell you, just like the flu is contagious, so is the Holy Ghost. 
That's why when some of you have never laughed before or get a sight of Marie, you're in trouble. <laughs> See what I mean? Her well is open and it's flowing out of there. And if you're too close, if you're too close. And then there's people out there saying, depending where you're at, oh, I, I want to get a sight of her when she gets up there. In other words, they're saying, I want to get very close to her when I get up there. See, it depends on your mindset, what we think, how we think it. Do I want that joy or don't want that joy? Well, if, if I have that joy, I'm not going to look very dignified. You know, I fixed my hair just perfect this morning. And if I fall down and roll around, it may be sticking out all over the place. And somebody say, look how foolish they look and blah, 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 blah. One thing you're going to have to lose if you're going to flow in the spirit is your dignity. Amen. And that's a tough one. So everybody got their own dignity. Everybody's got their white collar and their robes when they're preaching. I mean, that's fine. I mean, if they want to do that, that's fine. I'm going to criticize. I just say, I don't need robes. Come on. I, I don't need a sign. I don't need a T-shirt. When you run into me, you're going to know I'm from God. You're going to be able to look at me, look at my life, look at my attitude, look at my personality, and know that there's something different from the world about it there. I don't have to have a shirt and say, I'm God. I'm God's child. I'm, that's fine. I'm not criticizing again, but we don't need that. Do you understand? We don't need a bumper sticker. We don't need one, praise God. We are the bumper sticker. Yes. Amen. And the power of God's on the inside of us, and the joy of the Lord's on the inside of us, and, and let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. And, and, and then you try to understand the Holy Ghost. Nice job. It's really going to work well for you. I've been in this 30 years, and I don't understand the Holy Ghost. So you just got to say, some people come up and laugh, laugh. Some people come up, cry, cry. Some fall down, some don't. It's not about falling down or not falling down or anything else. It's about your heart being open and God touching your life. On the inside. I've seen people who didn't fall down get more of a jolt and more of a change in their life than people that fell down and rolled around for 45 minutes. It's not about the manifestations. It's about the one causing the manifestations on the inside that's going to change your heart and line you up with the things of God. God needs people to be able to carry this revival, just not be in it. He needs carriers. He needs carriers for the anointing of God. It's got to be there. We, we can't do another revival for three weeks and everybody runs to Kentucky and somebody plays and then leave. We need to carry this thing right now. This is the day and this is the hour right now. The darkness is there and the light is going to be able to shine brighter than it ever did before. But it's going to do it from happy people, not sad people. Everybody thought the sadder you were, the holier you were. No, the sadder you were, the sadder you were. Quit trying to think about things and get it in there. It's not that way. It's the power of God on the inside, and God will do, if you want him to, whatever he wants to do in there. You may laugh. You may cry. I've seen people vibrate. I've seen people get stuck to the floor. I've seen people get stuck to the wall. I've seen all these things happening. Why did that happen? I don't know. I'm not God. But if you got changed... If something happened in your life, if he spoke a word to you, if something happened to you, if you had a goosebump for the first time in your life and said, my God, he's real. There he is right there. And look at it. The hair stands up on your arms when you're in the oil of God. You can't help it. It just comes up. Because God lives on the inside and he wants to move now. But it's not up to him. Lord, move, move, move. No, you move, move, move. And we start moving in the things of God and the power of God, things are going to start happening in your life. People are going to know it. Your marriage is going to get better. Your kids are going to get better. They're going to see it. But I'll tell you what, people sit out there with their kids and they get depressed. Don't worry about your kids. Train them up in the way they should go. And when they get older, hopefully they'll straighten out like the Bible says. 
But it's the anointing of God. It's the presence of God. And the more you get in the presence of God, the more you start to accept the presence of God. The more you get out of here. I, got, I just wish I had a giant Holy Ghost eraser where I could go to people. You know, I used to do cassettes. Some of you probably don't know what they were, but they're a little white. <laughs> and when I had one, I'd take this eraser and i go, mm, and it was brand new and I could use the cassette tape again. I wish the Holy Ghost would take our minds and go, mm, so they didn't remember anything anymore. Because everything we were taught in religion, and how many know religion will stop the oil of God in your life? When you go to a place where you've got to do this for God to do this, you're in the wrong thing because you already did what you're trying to get him to do, and you, by doing it, are just going to wear yourself out and lose the oil of God that's on the inside of you. There's a Holy Ghost anointing in each and every one of us. It's there. It may be lying there dormant. It may not be moving because we're not giving it much attention. But if you give it attention, it's there. That's what Jesus was trying to tell the woman at the well. He said, great, you got a haul, come here, get water, take it all the way back. i got something better for you than water even. i got something on the inside of you, and if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. The reason why we're thirsty is because we're drinking from the wrong well, and when you drink from the wrong well, you're going to be thirsty because it's only the Spirit of God that satisfies. What did the Rolling Stones, I can't get, no. Satisfaction. That's like the church today. They're looking for satisfaction everywhere else. And everybody's talking about end time revival. The money's coming and all that. That's great, but I'd rather have him and watch the money come than just go after the money because most people get the money, will spend it, and then not have him anyway. So we're not going after the resources. We're going after the source. We're going after God himself. We want to do, I want his will so bad in my life, and I want it there. Praise God. But you're never going to get his will unless you read this book. Because that'll tell you. That'll tell you what he wants you to do. It'll tell you what happens. And read it for yourself. We're very good at correcting everybody else, aren't we? We're all counselors. We can tell everybody how to act and then turn around and not act that way ourselves, but that's okay because we had a reason and you didn't have no reason. See, that's part of the flow of God again. The flow of God is not just on Sunday morning, not just even on Wednesday night. The flow of God is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can wake up in the flow of God. <laughs> oh, my God. Marie, Marie. How many of you know she's lost all integrity? Come on, you know, you see her up here rolling around. Most of you think, what the heck is the matter with her? And people come in who've never been in the church before, and there she is rolling around up there laughing and thinking, that's it. Praise God. That's why we got extra doors in case they want to get out quick. They got three doors to get out when they want to get out. But I'll tell you what, I'm all for the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to have the Holy Ghost. I'm going to operate in the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to operate in the joy. I've been doing it for 20 years now. I'm going to keep doing it every single day. I don't care if we have five people, ten people, eight people. doesn't matter to me because that's where I'm staying. I ain't going nowhere else. I'm not here to build a congregation. I'm here to mess up a congregation. I'm here to mess you up, praise God. That's right. You go out of here and you're all messed up. And somebody said, what's the matter with you? He messed me up in church this morning. I've been messed up ever since. <laughs> uh, 
Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'd rather be laughing and strong than weak. Everybody uses the word Christian and puts them all in one stack. It's not that way. There's different Christians. I'm sorry. There's one who's loved God and are seeking God. There's religious Christians. There's all kind of Christians. But there's only one kind of kingdom person if you're going to be one, and that's that seeks God first and wants his kingdom spread no matter how it's spread. And the first place it's spread is on the inside of you. There needs to be a spread in here. You ain't going to change the world unless he changes you. And as much as he changes you, the more a flow is on the inside of you, the more umbrellas you'll drop. Some of you just need to throw down your umbrella this morning. Get rid of that thing, praise God. Or at least put a hole in it. There's a scripture in Matthew 25 that talks about the ten versions. How many of you know that? I mean, about the ten virgins. Five had lamps with oil and five didn't have any oil. Remember that? And they're all waiting for the coming of Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. And it got to be the midnight hour which wore them out. And then all at once what happened the midnight hour, he shows up. And the ones without any oil tried to get some from the ones with the oil. Don't be the foolish ones. Because I ain't giving you none of my oil at that time. You either got your own. It's not my responsibility to give you oil. It's your responsibility to have the oil yourself. Come on now. Yeah. And then they wanted to go buy some. What was too late when they got back? The door was shut, wasn't it? That wasn't very much fun, was it? I'll bet they wish they'd have kept their oil lit all the time. Come on. So you need oil for your lamp every single day. You want to be shining brightly. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Some of you need your Bic flicked. <laughs> yeah, you got the lighter right on the inside of you, but you've never pushed the button in a long time, so it's just sitting in there. But the Holy Ghost will come along and he'll flick that thing and there'll be a fire that comes up on the inside of you and that fire on the inside of you, you're not going to care what people think about you anymore. You're not going to care if you witness in the restaurant. You're not going to care if you lay hands on somebody and they get hit with the power of God. And sometimes when you lay hands on people, you can feel it go out of you. Remember what Jesus said? No, no, wait a minute. Virtue. Something, something's different here. Virtue went out of me into that lady. And the Bible said he was walking around in a crowd of people. There were people running into him, gushing. He's fighting his way through the crowd. And one lady, one lady out of all of them got the virtue of God that was on the inside of him, the power of God to flow out and heal her in that time. Why? Because she was hungry. She wasn't educated. She wasn't a pastor's daughter. She wasn't a bishop in the church. She wasn't anything. She was basically hungry for God at that time. She tried the world. She tried to buy her healing. She tried to get it, and all she did was lost all her money. So no sense putting in, in, in doctors the money now. I lost it all. So she decided, she made a decision. She finally went the right direction, and she started seeking the well that satisfies everybody. 
And when she touched Jesus, that virtue of God was sucked out of him. Notice, he wasn't gone to her to pray for her. No. He just walking down the street. And all at once, here she comes like a suction cup. <laughs> Grabs him and <laughs> comes out of the inside and hits her and heals her, something that she's had for a long time. Notice, she initiated. <laughs> well, God, if you just touch me, suck it out of the inside of him. Come on, are you following me? You think Jesus is only anointed on Sundays? No, all the time. In your, your relationship with him, you can pull that anointing out of him on the inside of you. You can pull it out of a preacher. You can pull it out of anybody who's operating in it and who believes in it. So basically, they were hungry. All those people were touching Jesus in person and not getting a thing. That's right. Not a thing. They weren't hungry. They were just running down the street, see what was going on, see what was happening. And then you've got those, basically, when you get hungry in a church, you end up in trouble because now you're radical fanatical. That guy just talks about Jesus all the time. He's just always going after the Lord. Give us a couple years. We'll tame him down and get him where he needs to be. Remember Bartimaeus? Jesus, have mercy on me. Shut up. Can't you see we're in church? You run somebody out, we're just about to take up offering. It's going to cost us money. Just sit there and everything will be fine. And it said he cried the louder. See, what happens when somebody criticized you? Do you cry louder? Do you say, oh, I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to get mad at me. Somebody might not like the way that I do things. No, you just cry the louder, praise God. And you just cry the louder. And he cried the louder, and he's the only one that day that got a miracle. Amen. Come on, the ushers didn't get one. But after he got one, notice how they were. Very good, Brother Bartimaeus. We were behind you the whole time. We were trying to get you up to the front the whole time. We're so glad you screamed and hollered. No. See, it's not a group thing. It is. There's a group anointing, but it's an individual thing. Each and every one of us in here, we've got a heart. We've got a desire on the inside of us. We've got a flow on the inside of us. And the question is, how much do you want to have God's presence in your life? How much do you? Not, not your neighbor, not your spouse, not the people around you, not anybody else. You, because you're going to need it sooner or later. See, there's things that come up in the world. We're in this world, and Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. He didn't say you might have. He didn't say you wouldn't have if you belong to Treasure Coast Victory Center. He said you will have tribulation. And when the tribulation of God, or tribulation comes upon your life, not of God, how do you react? See, and right here is where we get it, isn't he? If we're full of the power of God, things seem to bounce off you. Did you ever notice that? Yeah. It's not so good. But if you'll take them and you'll worry, say worry. Worry is meditation on the wrong thing. So I can take this little problem, worry on it for 12 hours, and that thing will be a gigantic problem in no time. Now you're suppressing, you're suppressing your, you've got a giant umbrella starting to build up above you. You can't, can't get the presence of God. You can't get the reign of God. And that's why Jesus said, do not worry. Do not let your heart be troubled. Please do not worry. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't do all these things. Why? He knows it puts up an umbrella from the presence of God that's in your life. There's times in my own life, I'll tell you what, when, you know, Jesus... Jesus don't want to come back just to come back one time. He wants to come back every day out of the inside of us. That's the way I look at it. And there's times he wanted to come back in a situation, and I had umbrella problems. See, sometimes we get so wrapped up in all the natural realm that, that a, a, a situation comes up and stares us right in the face for you to do something, and you're, you're too busy. Let me get away from me right now. I'm too busy. Can't do this. Can't. And then later that night, you get quiet. It's dangerous to get quiet before the Lord. 
See, if you keep talking all the time, then you don't have to listen to anything he's instructing you. So you just keep talking like this all night and you don't want to hear. You can correct me anytime, Lord, but anytime you feel like correcting me, you can correct me, but I don't everything's going to go blah, 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 blah. But as soon as you be quiet, the Spirit of God will come and say, remember this afternoon at 2 o'clock when that little old lady was crossing the street and you didn't have time to help her cross the street and today was her day to receive me as Lord and Savior and instead you had to get to that appointment and you didn't want to be right and you went to that appointment and you say, no, I don't remember that. And then the memory comes up and you find a time that you missed it. Why was that? Your lamp was going out and you missed an opportunity. See, if that would be the number one thing in our life every day, to extend the kingdom of God, if that's our number one thing, then it's going to adjust some of the things that you're normally comf comfortable with doing. See? You, you can become mechanical. How many of you know that? Shut off the alarm. Brush your teeth. Put on your clothes. Go to work. 8 o'clock. 5.30. Hallelujah. Pack in the car. Come back home. 6.30. Go to TV. Watch it for two hours. Back to bed. Get up. I mean, you can do the same thing over and over. You can get it. You can get into like a tradition of just doing everything. And God forbid, forbid, if God would ask you to do something outside of your comfort zone. What do you mean I can't watch that two-hour show? I don't care if Susie's going to hell. This is the final episode, and I can't record it. So if Susie goes to hell, at least I'll know what happened. Come on. It's a little extreme, but we do it. We got to do it. Yeah. Somebody calls. Oh, it's supper time. What's that? You're in a car accident. You're dying. Just hold on. Let me finish my dessert, and I'll be right there. No, he, he will mix up and rearrange your schedule sometimes, and you've got to be in a position where you can do that. You, you want to figure that out? Be a pastor. And when the phone rings at 3 a.m. for somebody in the hospital that needs prayer, guess what? You can't say, well, I'll see you at 7. I don't clock in until 7. I work 7 to 3. That's all I do, 7 to 3. So if you die before 7, don't call back. Let me know so I don't have to drive down there because I don't want to waste my time and do it. God forbid if I drive down there, you're already dead. So let me know if you die. So you can't do that. You've got to be ready now. You've got to be in a place now. You, gotta, you can't go depressed to somebody that needs deliverance from depression, and you're more depressed than they are. But it happens sometimes. There's temptation out there. There are things that come around. There are things that come close to us. There are things that attack us. There's things that come. It's a normal way of life, but what we do through them is what makes a difference in our life. All right, I better do one more scripture. Nobody else said I preached the word. Go to Isaiah 55. That pastor opens up to one scripture that he just talks all the time. That's because I'm full. Try it. Isaiah 55, are you there? Yeah. Look at verse 1. It says, ho, say ho. ho. Now, I've had practice because I was Santa Claus a while ago, and I went ho, ho, ho. <laughs> so I've got the ho down. <laughs> ho down. <laughs> I 
I can't, I can't believe that happened. Oh, Lord. Oh. Everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. And he that has no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money on that which is not bread, and your labor for that which doesn't satisfy you? Listen and hearken diligently unto me, and that ye that has good, and let your soul delight in its fatness, incline your ear unto me. So here he's saying, hey, come if you're thirsty. Say if you're thirsty. If you're thirsty and you're hungry, he says, come. Why? Because if you come, you're going to buy something that doesn't take any money to get. You're going to get something, basically, that you don't have to have a million dollars to buy. I mean, you can't buy joy. I mean, you can't buy the anointing. I mean, you can't buy any of these things. And you can't buy them through your works either. I'm just not talking about money, through being a good little boy or bad little boy or whatever. And here it says, notice what it says. You can come. You can come, and it doesn't cost you anything. But quit taking your time for something that's not me, that's not the availability of me in your life. Now, notice, how do we come and get something without any money from God when he tells us to buy it? I mean, buy it. If I'm going to buy it, I've got to use something to buy it, right? Or else I wouldn't be buying it. It would be given to me freely. So what is it? It's the, it's the currency of the kingdom of God. Amen. The currency of the kingdom of God is your time. See, the currency of the world is money. The currency of the kingdom is faith. You access everything through faith. If you've got a bunch of faith, you access a lot of things. If you've got no faith, you don't access anything because you ain't got nothing to buy it with. Are you listening? Yeah. So time's my big thing, isn't it? My time. What am I doing with my time? If you figure out, you know, we, want to, we tithe every week. I mean, you know, that's been working for all of us. We see it all around here. People are getting better jobs, this and that, and everything going good. But there's also a, a tithe of your time. And if you time of your, of your, if you time of your, <laughs> help me, help me, getting stuck here. If you tithe of your time, and there's 24 hours in a day, that would be 2.4 hours a day that we could be giving to him if we tithed. Now, I'm not telling you to go in a, in a closet someplace and put a timer on for 2.4 hours and hide in there. I'm telling you, you can live in his presence all day long while you're driving down the road, while you're eating dinner, while you're doing this, while you're doing that. See, and I grew up in a time back then when I grew up under some preachers who were very, very anointed. But the problem was they all had a way of getting very, very anointed. In other words, uh, uh, before I preach, I go to God and I pray in tongues and I read the word for three hours and then I'm ready to preach. Well, I was working 10 hours a day at the post office, seven days a week. I had two little kids, and I'm trying to run a Thursday night Catholic charismatic prayer meeting, and I'm trying to spend three hours. There ain't no way I can spend three hours because I don't get off work till 6 o'clock, and then the meeting starts at 7, so how am I going to spend three hours? So I started going there thinking, well, I ain't got no anointing tonight. No, no, I didn't spend three hours there. No anointing. And when I'd get home, I'd rush to my bedroom and close the door. And a little kid, I was going, get away from me. Can't you see I'm trying to get anointed? <laughs> and how many of you know that wasn't helping? My anointing for that night. But I, I grabbed onto something. Hey, everybody's different. If, if they want to pray three hours before, I'm not getting up every Sunday morning at 6 to pray for three hours. I'm just going to flow with what I've got in me, and we'll see what happens with that. Are you following me? And I'm going to live in that anointing, praise God, and stay in that anointing every single day. So I got to a place to where it was hurting my family 
in my ministry because I didn't get enough time to do this. There's a story one time, Rodney Howard Brown. I'll go to him because I know a lot of his stories. He went to a pastor someplace. They asked him to come and do revival. So he got there about 5 o'clock. The meeting was 8 o'clock. He got there. He put his bags up and everything. And his kid, this guy's kid was playing Nintendo. And Rodney sat down and said, I love that game. The kid gave him another thing. And they're sitting there playing Nintendo. And the pastor comes up and he says, uh, Brother Rodney, it's now 6.30. The service is at 8 o'clock. Rodney said, okay, thanks. I know that. He kept playing Nintendo. And he comes back, he's, it's now 7 o'clock, Brother Rodney. And it's one hour till the service, do you know that? Rodney said, yeah, that's right, kept playing Nintendo. Now this pastor, he get mad. He's upset, he can't stand it. So they go to church at night, Rodney quits about a quarter till to get dressed and ready to go. The pastor gets up and said, we have a guest here tonight. There's no doubt about it, he's probably not ready for tonight. Basically because he was playing Nintendo tonight rather than doing what he was supposed to be doing. But we know he's all of God and we had him here anyway, so I'd like to introduce Rodney Hardbrown. So Rodney got up and walked behind the pulpit and said, Hallelujah! And everybody in the place fell down in the Holy Ghost. Everybody just fell on the floor and started laughing. Didn't get a chance to preach. Started laughing, doing everything. They got home that night and the pastor came up to him and said, you think we can play that Nintendo game later on tonight? <laughs> What was it? It was a tradition locked in. It was a way. God deals with everybody different. Don't, don't tell people, have people tell you what you need to do. God will tell you what you need to do, how long you need to do it, how you need to reword, how you don't need to read. Books are selling out there telling you exactly how to do this, exactly how to do that. Trust me, you're going to be like nobody else because God loves you individually and he's different. How many of you, you treated your kids the same? They were different people, weren't they? Sometimes you had to love them, sometimes you had to smack them. It all depended what was going on, praise God. That's the way you did it. It's the same way with God. He wants an individual with you. He wants to. Do you need to stay in the Word? Yes. Do you need to pray? Yes. Do you need to be in church under me? Yes. You need to be in all these things to learn and be brought up and discipled and taught and everything else. But the quality of time, or the most time you do it or how long you do it, isn't up to someone else who did it that way. If they did it that way and it worketh for them, great. But for you, it may not work that way. It may be five minutes before you do something. It may be while you're doing it. You know, the Bible says the Holy Ghost will give you the word when you need it. Amen. So most of us sit around saying, what word am I going to do tonight? What word am I going to do tonight? And then you get there and the Holy Ghost changes it all anyway and you just worry yourself into nothing because you didn't do the same thing that you already worried yourself into anyway, praise God. No, the Spirit of God is in you all the time and if you keep him charged up and keep him moving and keep him going and things, I'll tell you what, he will give you a word. He'll always be there with the right counsel for people. He'll always be there with the touch of God for people. Sometimes he'll lay hands on people and they'll go, ooh, 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 and you won't feel a thing. He'll say... Because sometimes you can't sense the flow going out of the inside of you, but it goes out of you and touches somebody else. Sometimes your prayer, if it's a prayer of faith in line with God, will touch their lives because it cancels some of the unbelief that they have in their minds. You know, everybody at one time was under the, under the direction of the devil. I don't know if you know that or not. Even you. The way you thought, the way you did things, the way things were there. So Jesus came to destroy that way we think, to line up with the kingdom of God and with the word of God, basically. And he did that so, praise God, we would be able to walk in the anointing of God. Revival is not just one day. It's not just two days. It's a lifestyle that you can have. And like we talked about last week, it's springing up right now. It's happening right now in different places. I heard of some other colleges where it's starting to dribble and starting to rain, praise God. But you can be part of it, whether in Kentucky, whether you're in Iowa, no matter where you're at, because God happens to be everywhere. Thank God he's everywhere. And we can walk in the presence of God and the power of God just by getting hungry for the things of God, praise God. Stand up, lift up your hands this morning, praise God. I feel good this morning.
Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands. Love on him this morning. Don't look at me, I'm nobody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's on the inside of you this morning. On the inside, he's on the inside. Do, 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 do. One of my favorite songs, Lord, I'm hungry for a mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty. Pour out your Holy Ghost. Lord, I want to see the hand of God move mightily inside of me. I'm hungry for a move of God. One more time. Lord, I'm hungry for a mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty. Pour out your Holy Ghost. Lord, I want to see the hand of God move mightily inside of me. I'm hungry for the move of God. Feel the presence of God on your life right now. Come up here right now if you feel the presence of God on your life. shall be added on